You're listening to Penguin Tracks on 89.5 KOP in Columbia. On the phone with me is author Jennifer Marshall Blakely. She is author of the book, Joey. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started writing. Wow, let's see. So I, I've always loved writing. It's one of those things I feel like God sometimes puts little breadcrumbs in our, in our lives as children that mm-hmm. we later, you know, come to realize that that's what he was doing. But even as a little girl, I loved writing. I was a painfully shy child. And so my very wise daddy realized that and he started writing me letters and um, would leave them in front of the coffee pot and just kind of tell me about his day and always ask me like an open-ended question so that I would write him back. And um, so we started doing that, I mean, really as soon as I could read and write and kept that practice going. I mean, it used to be maybe like once a week. And and by the time I was a teenager, it was maybe once a month or something. And then even in college, occasionally he would mail me a letter. And I think that kind of started my love of the written word because I could express what it was so difficult for me to verbally express. I could express through the written word. And then I was one of those odd students that loved research papers and, um, you know, writing in school and, and things that my friends always moaned about, I was always happy to do. So um, I always enjoyed it, but it wasn't until I stayed home with my own children and then um, they went off to school and I found myself with a lot of time on my hands and looking for something to do. Our church had started writing our own curriculum at that point for our Sunday school classes and a conversation with the pastor and he said, well, hey, you have kids that age. Do you want to try writing the curriculum? <laughs> Which um, made as much sense as someone saying, like, hey, you have a dog. Do you want to be a veterinarian? But thank God he did, because it uh, it just unleashed something in me. And um, it was a great project to get to. It was a four-year curriculum, and mm-hmm. it was gospel-centered. We just traced that um, redemption thread throughout the entire Bible. And so really got into God's Word, got into the practice of writing, you know, a 2,000-word lesson every week. And then um, I was in the second year of doing that when I met Joey. Mm-hmm. And so God had just brought all these things so beautifully together so that when he stood me in front of this horse and, you know, I felt that call to write his story, I didn't run too far kicking and screaming, even though it took me a little while to, <laughs> to submit to that. But yeah, I'm I'm an only child. Grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida, mm-hmm. and um, I, you know, like I said, I just kind of a shy, shy little girl trying to figure out where I fit in the big world. And um, went off to college, did pre med, thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. I've always loved children, and so I, I thought that made sense. Um, my junior year at college, my best friend's father died of pancreatic cancer, and I was with the family through all of that and with him when he died and um, just kind of changed something inside of me. And I realized I was so much more interested in helping the family grieve than I was the medical side of everything. And so quickly switched majors and got a, ended up getting a master's in counseling and worked for our our local hospice in Pinellas County for uh, a couple years before my husband was transferred here to Raleigh, where we live now. So, you know, my resume for being a writer makes so much sense. You know, <laughs> <laughs> pre-med, to counseling, to um, writing. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much my story in a nutshell, I think. Okay. Tell us about your book, 
Joey and why you decided to write it. Oh, goodness. I, first of all, I have to confess, I'm, I was not a horse person. I've gotten much more to be one, but at the time, you know, growing up in St. Petersburg, Florida, there just was not that much of an opportunity. So mm-hmm. I, I really didn't know anything about horses at all. But um, my kids had, had started school. I was writing curriculum, but still felt a little bit lost in that season of transition. And so um, a friend of mine who was on the board of directors at Hope Reigns, which is a therapy ranch near where I live in Raleigh, she invited me to come out and take a tour of the ranch and um, thought that with my background in counseling, I might be able to volunteer there. They pair hurting children or kids in some kind of crisis with rescue horses. And I loved the idea of that. And I thought like, okay, surely this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, This is clearly God's plan for my life. And I get to the ranch and within like 10 minutes, I think I realized that I had nothing really to offer this place other than (laughs) shoveling manure or saying hi to people because you know, it's kind of important when working with children and horses that one actually knows something about horses, shockingly. I mean, I showed up in sandals. It was kind of <laughs> embarrassing. And, um, and so, um, but while we were there, the owner of the ranch, the founder, Kim, took us around and just introduced us to each one of their horses. She referred to them as angels and horsehair. And um, she would tell us a little bit about each one's story. Most of the horses that are there have been rescued. And so they have really powerful stories of survival and restoration. And um, we had probably seen like four or five horses. And the rider in me, the storyteller, was just hanging on every word. And then we come to Joey. And he I'd never seen a horse that looked like him before. He looked Mm -hmm. like an overgrown Dalmatian to me. And I was just completely mesmerized by this horse. And I'm kind of inching my way closer and closer. And as odd as it sounds, felt like the horse could see into my soul. And I'm confused why I'm having such a strong reaction to a horse when I'm not a horse person. Mm-hmm. And as I got in front of him, the way the sun was in the sky, I could see my image reflected in his eyes. And um, it was just powerful, but it was also that moment that I heard Kim say that Joey was completely blind. Mm -hmm. And I just, everything kind of stopped and I couldn't reconcile how this horse who could clearly see into my soul and knew why I was there and all my feelings of, you know, how he was blind and listening to her talk about how Joey's blindness was helping people see the light of hope and how God was using his past to help kids believe in a future Um, It all just kind of started swirling together in my head and my heart and stayed with me for days and weeks after that first meeting. And I started getting writer's block. I could not write any more curriculum at all. Like what was always so easy, I just I couldn't do anything but think about that horse. And I had this picture in my mind of, of what it must have been like for him. Um, it was just this one picture of him laying in this field and the sky was on fire with all these beautiful sunset colors, but the horse, everything was going dim Mm. and dark and I could not get that picture out of my head. Mm. (laughs) So after praying about it for a while and, um, asking God to like, let me stop thinking about the horse so I could write curriculum, I decided, well, I'm just going to write about the horse and I'll just get it out of my head so I can do my job and what I need to do. And that writing about the horse turned into like 10,000 words within Mm -hmm. a two-day period. And I'm like, well, that's 
probably longer than a blog post. I don't know if anybody <laughs> would want to read that long of a, of a blog. And um, so I slowly started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'll write a book, but I'll just self-publish it mm-hmm. and I'll make it fiction and it'll be for kids and it'll be like a really safe little plan that I can control. Mm-hmm. And um, God just kept moving and, and pushing and gently nudging me out of my safe little plan into his far scarier plan, bigger plan, but um, awesome plan to share Joey's story with the world. So um, it was kind of an accidental, I feel like an accidental author. I never mm-hmm. set out to do this, but um, it was just a powerful story that I think God really wanted shared. <laughs> Is Joey the horse on the cover of your book? You know what? I, I Yes and no, which is a weird answer, but the horse is a, a stand-in, mm-hmm. um, but the spots, they were able to take the spots off of Joey and overlay them on this horse, so um, because we could not use the real Joey and pose him how they kind of wanted to, to set the tone, they had to use a, a, a stand-in, mm-hmm. but um, I thought it was so cool. The horse they used was white, and then they were able to take the spots in the same order and and. Um, interpose them over the stand-in horse. So it's a it's an odd answer to say yes and no. <laughs> there's, there's a shout out to, to the real Joey on the cover, which I love. Are all the characters in your books real? In this book, particularly? Yes, um, and Joey, they are. Um, they are actually real. Some of the names have been changed. Um, just some of the stories. Mm-hmm were a little bit delicate or some of the people just didn't want their story out there um, for the world. So I was asked to change names and some of them, some of the characters were a conglomeration of maybe two or three people, mm-hmm. but all of, all of them were based on or were, are actually real people, which was, was so wonderful for me to get to interview and talk to so many different people that had loved Joey and I didn't get to include in the book because it was just such a big story and it would have been um, just you know 800 pages but I got to talk to the woman that found Joey that rescued him um, all the way back to his the second person that owned him and so just to get to talk to the people that had known Joey before he was blind, when he was still a champion, um, when he was competing and all of that, that was just absolutely fascinating to me and such a blessing. How much research went into this book? Um, a lot. And again, I never set out to do this. <laughs> and so it was, it was me. I mean, it was so ironic because Joey was literally blind and I felt like God was asking me to walk blind as I wrote this book. I mean, it was, I I wrote about Joey and kind of used the term blind faith Mm -hmm. in the book. And it wasn't until after I finished writing, I was like, wow, (laughs) God basically asked me to do this in blind faith um, because I'd never interviewed people before. And Mm -hmm. I struggled to even call them when I would call people. It was even hard for me to say like, Hi, my name is Jennifer Blakely. I'm an author. Like, I just felt so weird to even say those words, but a, a ton of research. I lots of hours on the phone, um, meeting face to face with people that were here locally, um, just to try to tell the most accurate story that honored, you know, those that were trusting me with their stories. That was just felt like such a huge responsibility um, when someone trusts you with with their story and their emotions and their feelings and um, just to try to 
to do right by that and then also tell a compelling story. And so in some places we had to consolidate timelines and um, or events or take a little bit of creative liberty. So just running that by everybody and making sure that was okay. And then my dad, God bless him, he was so helpful in all of this because I first started writing the story, like I said, as fiction. Mm-hmm. And then once I went to a writing conference, I started getting more and more serious, kind of realized God was asking me to do this and step out in faith. And then from there, I met an agent. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I know I can sell this story, but it, I, I can sell it as nonfiction. So can you go prove all of these facts? Oh. And, you know, at that point, Joey had been a rescue horse, and um, I hate to give, you know, any kind of spoilers, but at this point, he was no longer with us. And Mm -hmm. so it was very daunting to think about going back and trying to prove all of these facts um, on a rescued horse who was no longer living. And so um, I did as much as I could. But I just kept hitting wall after wall after wall. And um, one day I was just talking to my dad, who um, was a detective for 20 years with the St. Petersburg Police Department. And Mm -hmm. I was lamenting and bemoaning, you know, that I just couldn't get anywhere. And he said, you know, just give me give me everything you have and I'll treat it like a cold case and see what I can come up with. Oh, wow. And so it took about two months, and I had just kind of surrendered the whole thing and, and thought, well, maybe this wasn't meant to be, and I'll go back to my original idea and just mm-hmm. self-publish whatever this is and sell it for $5, earn maybe 100 bucks for the ranch and call it a day. Mm-hmm. And um, about two months later, my dad called. I was driving my kids home from school, and he said, you're going to get a call from a woman named Penny. I think I got it. Mm-hmm. And Penny was the one, the book starts with her, and um, she was the one that found Joey and when he was near death. And um, so from her, I was able to go backwards to Joey's second owner. And um, so I feel like I I did a lot of research, but my daddy did a whole lot more. <laughs> so I'm so grateful. Um, so, so grateful for his help. What would you like people to take away from this book? Oh, my goodness. I think, you know, my, my number one prayer when I was writing this book and as we were launching it was just that people would see the fingerprints of hope all Mm -hmm. over this book that, um, you know, if, if they close in and there are some sad things, I've had so many readers tell me that, you know, that that needs to come with a box of tissues. And, um, so there are some sad things, but I feel like that's, that's life, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so we, we all walk through, really sad, difficult things, but there's always, always, always the light of hope. And sometimes it's really dim and sometimes it's just a flicker, but it's always there. And I feel like that is what God showed me so clearly through the eyes of a blind horse is that, you know, at the end, when it looked like it was the end of Joey's story, Mm -hmm. this former champion who had been injured and then sold and sold and sold and ended up in the hands of of a horse hoarder who abandoned him, And then he's left for dead. He's left blind. You know, it looked like that was the end of his story. It Mm -hmm. just looked like the end. But with God, what looked like the end really became this beautiful beginning of Joey shining the light of hope into these kids' lives, who so many of them have had such difficulties and things that looked like it was the end for them. 
and they would look at this horse who's thriving and living and surviving and doing such good, even though he bears scars of his trauma. Mm -hmm. And so they're able to look at him and see, well, if he can keep trusting, maybe I can too. And if he can keep living, maybe I can too. And so I think just as people read the book and see themselves in different characters and, and different animals even, just that they would realize that there is always hope because there's a God who loves them more than they can fathom and that their life and their story and even their pain has a purpose and that there are good people in this world that want to help like the people that we find at Hope Reigns. So that would probably be my number one my number one hope um, that they would take away is, is truly <laughs> just okay. the idea of hope. What is your writing process? Did you outline any or just start to write? Um, when I first started, I, I truly just started to write. My kids were on spring break, mm-hmm. and I um, sat in my family room, and I just let it all start flying, and not knowing where I was going, just just started writing and typing. And then as I got an agent and um, sold the, the book to Tyndale, and then they required that I worked with a collaborator, which I'm so grateful for, um, a wonderful author named Margot Starbuck. She and I met and spent nine hours, and she walked me through how to begin to structure a book and how to <laughs> use sticky notes to help you organize your thoughts. And um, just how, I mean, I mean, it sounds so silly now, but even things like perspective and point of view. And mm-hmm. I loved writing, and I wrote a lot of research papers, but a decade had passed since I had done anything like that. <laughs> and so just to have someone help me. Um, tackle this project and and know where we were going and um, that was so invaluable and I was so grateful and then my team at Tyndale helped me I mean I I ended up basically writing the book four times Wow! (laughs) because the first time it was fiction and then um, I wrote it again trying to do it as nonfiction and then once Tyndale got involved, you know, trying to figure out the best way to tell this story, which encompassed twenty some odd years and so many different people and places and we couldn't really as a nonfiction, you can't tell the story through the horse. Mm-hmm. So we had to tell it through humans and it just took a really long time of um you know, just trying something and see if it would work and um about the the third time when, when the team was like, oh, it's, it's so good, it's almost there, but not quite. We need to add probably a little bit here. And I, I was about done. I'm like, <laughs> clearly, if God wanted me to do this, it would have been so much easier because that's what we don't see anywhere in Scripture. But um, uh-huh. I was exhausted and, and done and forgot what I knew to be true, that when God calls us to do something, it's often hard. But mm-hmm. um, I... I but I was just mentally done, and uh, my team was so sweet. They were like, it's okay. We can salvage what you have. You can cut and paste, and, and you can add some here and take some away there, and it's going to be okay. And then next day, I sat down to start doing just that, and um, I, I prayed like I always would, would do, just asking God to let me basically be a faucet that he would pour the words into and out of. And mm-hmm. um and I felt him so clearly tell me to start over. Oh. And I wanted to cry. Like, I, I really, I wish I could tell you I handled that in such a mature, spiritual way. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, Lord, whatever you say. But I basically put my fingers in my ears and went like, la, 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 la. <laughs> I can't hear you. And didn't talk to God for two days. So mm-hmm. there's that. But um, 
he's so patient and so kind and so relentless. And so on the third day, I sat down. I'm like, all right, fine, you win. But my deadline is now in six weeks. I've been working on this off and on for five years at that point. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't write this, it's not going to get done. And I'm just saying it's all your fault. <laughs> so um, he was so kind. And um, that manuscript that turned into the book, um, he birthed that through me in less than four weeks. And I still kind of, it, it's a blur and makes me kind of dizzy to think about how all of that happened. But mm-hmm. um, it honestly was some of the most pure worship I've ever experienced, <laughs> where every day I would come to him empty-handed, like, I have nothing, God. And if you want this done, please just provide. And every day he would just pour and pour and pour the story out of me. So it was a very difficult process, and um, I kind of hope I don't have to write a book like that again. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was a great process, and for someone who had never written before, to mm-hmm. basically get to write four books in one was really nice, painful, mm-hmm. but um, it was a great learning process for me. <laughs> what advice would you give someone who wanted to become an author? Oh, goodness. Um yeah, I think my number one piece of advice is don't give up. Um, it's it's painful at times, and it feels like you're getting nowhere, and you will question if you can do this, if you should do this, like mm-hmm. all the things. And I think, you know, just getting into this now and having so many different friends that are authors or working on a project or want to be, um, I think the number one thing is just don't don't quit. Just keep keep at it. Everybody has a story in them. I think the difference between those that share it and those that don't are just the ones that share it. They just don't give up. And um, I mean, just just keep keep writing, keep trusting um, God to give you the words to, to write. Um, I think so trust that if he wants that story shared with others, he will ensure that it's shared. And, you know, whether it's, it's traditionally published and becomes a New York Times bestseller, or if it's self-published and is read by family members only, um, you know, that the results, and this is something God has had to work on in my heart, the results were never mine to control. He never asked me to to control the results of the book. He just asked me to be faithful in writing the story. And, you know, had, had I written that and it was just for me, mm-hmm. it would have been a success. Or if it was just for one other person, you know, whoever God wants that story to be told to and our active obedience and just writing it and trusting him to get that story to the person he wants it for, then that's a success and no other numbers need to matter, you know. So I think just for anybody wanting to write, um, if you're passionate about the story, if you feel like it's something God's wanting you to share, then you just write it. Don't stop writing it. Write it and then trust him with the results. What is your favorite Bible verse? That's such a hard question. It's hard to <laughs> like asking your favorite child. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I uh, um, can I can I say two? Yes, you can. <laughs> um, so the the verse that I have gone to since I was a teenager. So I feel like I, I have to I have to give this one a shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it's been with me for so long. But whenever I was facing anything scary, I mean, and it, it could have been back then, it was like a test or, you know, if I was in marching band, I, I twirled a flag. And, and if I was scared about something like that, 
I always went to Second Chronicles 2017, which says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. And I, that's just been one that I've gone to for so long. Um, and then the, the other one that really um, I depended on heavily when I was writing Joey, and um, even I just turned in my second manuscript. And so the one that I went to so often with that is Isaiah 41.10, which mm-hmm. is, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So I think they're both very similar in mm-hmm. what they're saying, but um, I just, I, I love both of those verses. Okay. What are you currently working on? Um, well, I just turned in my second manuscript. So right now I still am kind of inhaling and exhaling. <laughs> um, but I, I, that one, I can't give too much of that away yet, but it's another um, animal focused mm-hmm. book and it will be about um, just the lessons that, that I think God wants to teach us through the animals that he has filled this planet with. That was one thing that really got to me while I was writing Joey is just how much we can learn about God through the animals that he's given us. And it made me ponder, like, he, everything he does has a purpose. And so, you know, has he given us all these different animals to teach us something? And I think we can learn something about him and about his heart, and we can also learn things about ourselves. So I'm so excited about this next project that we'll be releasing this time next year. And then um, right now, I'm also working on some preschool curriculum. I'm getting back to writing for my people. (laughs) I love kids. (laughs) At uh, our church, we're doing a, um, we do a women's Bible study, and they can bring their children. And so I'm working on the curriculum for that for next year. And that's getting to write for like two to five-year-olds, which is just Mm -hmm. so much fun. Um, So I'm working, working on that, um, which is, is just always so such a delight and a joy and then um, kind of gearing up for what what book number three might be like but um, right now I'm just trusting God to, to bring me that idea when it's time and enjoying a little bit of free time my kids will be done with school next week so I'm just enjoying the moment right now where can people get your book um, honestly anywhere books are sold it's mm-hmm. um, Amazon I know is makes it so easy to do that and Barnes and Noble um, Walmart, Target, uh, Lifeway, and, and any of their favorite book booksellers. I've had a couple of people. It's so funny. I've never seen Joey, as I like to say, out in the wild, <laughs> where um, I just kind of stumble into somewhere that has him. But mm-hmm. so many people text me and message me pictures like, Joey's at a gas station in Indiana, or I see Joey at, you know, an Amish restaurant in Ohio, and I found Joey. <laughs> it's so much fun to see Kind of the random places that um, the book pops up and appears, which is so much fun. And yet I'm a little jealous that I've never seen him just out and about. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on any social networking sites? And what about your official website? Yes, um, my official website is Mm jenniferblakesley.com. And um, makes it easy to to find. And then um, Instagram and Facebook and um, Twitter 
trying to think if those are all the main places, Pinterest, but I still don't know how to use Pinterest. So I have an account, but I, I don't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, Instagram and I think it's Jen Blakely and Facebook, um, Jennifer Blakely. I think if you just type in Jennifer Blakely and Joey, you'll, you'll find me. Okay. Is there anything else you would like to add or say to your readers? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, one, thank you. You're <laughs> yeah. welcome. It's still surreal to me that people would just willingly buy and, and read this book. It's I, I just feel like I want to hug and, and say thank you to every single person. It's still just such an honor. It was so funny. We had the launch party for Joey mm-hmm. on May 5th of last year, of 2018. And it was so overwhelming. I mean, more than, my goodness, I think there was like 400 people that came and, um, and I'm such an introvert. So, I mean, even just getting up and speaking in front of all the people, trust me, I was saying my second Chronicles and my Isaiah <laughs> over and over to myself. Um, and, and God, as he always does, came through and it was such a joy. And then we had, um, I think I had, I had ordered 300 books, which felt like we're never going to sell that many books ever, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt so silly ordering all of them. And then Hope Reigns, we had the event at Hope Reigns. They were so kind to host that. And um, so they had ordered a bunch of books and we completely sold out of books for that event. And there was this line of people and I, I, <laughs> I kind of mentioned, I, I said something to, I forget who was somebody with Hope Reigns. I'm like, what are all those people like lining up for, like for you to sign their book. I'm like, oh, I mean, it was just so odd to me that someone wanted my signature and it was not like a permission slip for a check or something, you know. So um, it was, and I, I just felt like I wanted to write a novel to each person, just thanking mm-hmm. them for buying the book and reading it. And then I realized to write a novel to each person, these poor people are going to be standing here forever. So um, I'm just so grateful and, and really hopeful that they will see um, just the fingerprints of, of Jesus all over that book and, and find hope and feel hope even in the sad parts. So then I also feel like I need to apologize to people um, for making them cry a little bit, but hopefully it's a cathartic cry and um, a, a good cry, but uh, just that they would they would see the light of hope and then maybe be willing to pass it on and let somebody else and see that same light. And then maybe we can light up this world with a little bit of hope, which I think we so desperately need. Yes. Well, thank you so much for the interview. It was an honor and you have a great rest of the week. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this. It was an honor for me as well. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.